Okay, welcome back to another episode of Chatting Cinema. We're here, it's me, Gianni. I'm Flynn. I'm Luke. And uh, this week we're going to be revisiting our favorite films of 2019. Um, we kind of did, uh, episode 7 I believe was our kind of like in progress mm-hmm. list. of our. We did a top 10 I think of the year. Um, and now we've seen every movie that we wanted to yeah. see, or at least that we could see. We're trying. Yes. Yeah. I'm missing a, a few. So we're going to be doing a list. Um, we talked off camera about doing our top five of the year. I'm going to throw a curveball to you guys. Oh, no. And I'm going to say top three. Top oh, three. So he had to narrow it down. Top three. I'm scared. Oof. Top three. Uh, we'll go from <sighs> you know three to one, mm-hmm. one being your favorite. Um, and I'll start. I'm going to go with Marriage Story as my number three pick. Um, it's a movie, we've talked about it a few times on this podcast, it deeply affected me. I think it's one that uh, really resonates with people who watch it. If you've been through a bad breakup, or if you've been through, even in a healthy relationship, where, but you do have difficulties and disagreements, um, I just think it was such a raw look yeah. at how that can be, and what it, it can be like. <laughs> um, a great depiction of how you know your relationship is not necessarily just you and your significant other. Mm-hmm. It affects everyone around you too, um, when things are not so great, or even when they are. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver give, I think, career best performances um, in relatively still early careers for them. They still have so much yeah. to, that they want to do and that they're going to do. Um, Noah Baumbach is. I'm so happy that he's getting the recognition he is getting because he's been making films like this for years. You know, uh, Squid and the Whale, Meyerowitz stories. He, he's been taking very real relationships and, and putting them to screen so well. Um, and the way he writes conversations is similar to Sorkin, I think, um, in a way that it, it's very rhythmic. And you're watching it and it feels like a script. But it's also like I've had that conversation before with right. people, um, and I think that's a very tough thing for screenwriters to really capture in their scripts, and he does it so well. And on top of that, he's directing the film, so yes. all props to him. Um, Laura Dern's great in the yeah. movie. Ray Liotta gives a good performance. <laughs> Alan Alda, all the supporting yeah. characters too. Um, just a, a great movie, and I'm happy I saw it. Yeah, yeah, very recognizable cast that just kind of disappears in, yeah. in their roles. They're all so good. Um, I think Adam Driver especially is just, I think it's a crime that he's probably not going to win the Academy Award for, for that movie because I think he's fantastic. <laughs> Agreed. My number three, it, my top three is there were so many good movies this year, and, and I think the the top three kind of form a tier where, like, they can all be interchanged. They're all so fantastic. Um, so my, my three was Little Women. Um, and, you know, when this got announced that, First it was Greta Gerwig doing it. I was like, "Oh, fantastic! It'll be a masterpiece." And then, <laughs> and then Saoirse Ronan was attached, and I was like, "Okay, great, yeah, it's it's gonna be a masterpiece." And then the cast just keeps filling up: the Timothy Chalamet, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Meryl Streep, Laura Dern. Um, it was Emma Stone first, and then I was like, "Oh, great!" And then she dropped out. I was like, "Oh!" And then they replaced her with Emma Watson. I was like, "Oh, yes, <laughs> so good." And I, you know, this is this is the kind of movie where you just kind of like never want it to end, mm. and you just feel like you can just live in this world created by this glow of the cinema screen forever. Um, Greta Gerwig does such a good job of of breathing life into a story that's been around so long, 
and really making it new and her own and making it fresh and despite being a period piece um making it feel so relevant to today um you know Greta is really special in in what she's doing I mean to to come out with Ladybird and then followed up with Little Women is just like so insane to me just being that talented and and able to tell these stories that that really get to like you were touching on with marriage story um some of the things we feel in real life and you know just being able to like really relate to these characters and this narrative um everything about it is is so good the screenplay that that she wrote um she's doing a lot of heavy lifting on this and and it, it really shows it's it's phenomenal um and it's one of those movies where like knew from the first minute I was gonna love it and then went into the movies and saw it and loved it and I was like yep that makes sense because it's great it's it's phenomenal so that's my pick for three despite the fact that it very well could be one because it's so good yeah uh, I don't like you for making a three <laughs> I just had to say that because it's like I've been thinking like what three am I gonna pick and it's just difficult but my number three choice is gonna be Just Mercy I think it's criminally underrated. I think that the Academy hasn't recognized it. I don't know why. Like, it came out in time for this year's award seasons and all. Mm. I think that Jamie Foxx, Michael B. Jordan, and Brie Larson all give such real heartfelt performances. And this movie has a lot to say about issues that are really relevant now, where it took place in the late 80s. And this was about death row inmates of, in the case of Jamie Foxx's character, who was innocent and didn't commit the crime, but he was on death row. This movie is heavy. It feels real. And I know a lot of people aren't so drawn to biopics or movies based off of real life events anymore because they're kind of being played over like a lot, like to get the Oscar buzz, to get the nominations. But this one really, really hits home. And like, I've, I've been talking to some adults that I know about it where they they remember those cases going on. They remember that happening. And then I talk to people our age and none of them even know what it is. Yeah. It's something that's glazed over in history classes even though it's such a big deal. 100%. So I think this movie not only is just a great movie, but it just it brings awareness to something bigger than itself. Mm. And everybody involved knew it. Everybody involved was so glad to be a part of it. And I wish I knew more of the names of the people who did stuff in it because it really was well done. But yeah. that's my number three pick. Cool. Yeah. Um, my number two pick uh, is Flynn's number three, Little Women. Um, this had to have been – I saw it kind of at the latter end of 2019, and it had to be, like, the most wholesome yeah. movie theater experience of the year for me, I think, um, from start to finish. Like you, what you were saying, I just didn't want it to end. Yeah. And I didn't know when it was going to end. And um, – when it did I just kind of I sat there you know and you're watching the credits and it's like wow that was beautiful and it was because like you were saying it's a timeless story um a great ensemble cast I think everyone is just on their A game yeah I think Sir Ronan and Greta Gerwig are like a duo that should just make movies forever yeah I mean they're they're amazing when they work together and even when they don't but yeah. <laughs> um but they're two for two when they're together. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, something you didn't hit on that I want to mention is Alexander Desplat's score in that film. So good. Mm. It complements every uh, vibrant scene in that film so well. Um, everything just felt so electric about it. Like you think about the dancing scenes in that movie Ugh, or even yeah. the scenes of the family like fighting, arguing, mm. uh, Christmas Day. I, like all of those iconic kind of uh, scenes in the film, they, they stay with you after you leave. 
Um, and that's, I think, the best way I can describe Little Women. It, it stays with you after you leave and you're thinking about it. And you can go back and kind of like, you know, you're having dinner with your family and you can think about that movie. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it feels good. Yeah. I, I think that Little Women was one of the few, like, prestige Oscar movies. And, and this typically doesn't happen because people love to tear anything apart where it's like the one thing that I never see anything about it. It just feels like universally, like everybody that sees it was like, oh yeah, it's fantastic. Right. So that that's really nice. Another movie that a lot of people like that I like quite a bit, my number two pick is Parasite. Um, <laughs> I've talked about it quite a bit on the show. I, I mentioned it for multiple categories when we did our Oscars episode. Um, so, you know, I, I can touch on some of the other stuff. It's just... It's it's super relevant today. Um, it's such an incredible depiction of class struggle, and and something that I, I think I mentioned was that um, Korean audiences were speaking to to how specific some of the the struggles and and things that the family went through were to them, um, and it it doesn't even it just translates so well to you know I didn't even get those specificities or localizations. But it's so true to the heart of what so many people struggle with that um, it it was perfectly translated for me. Um, and I think it's really cool that, that Bong Joon-ho has been able to, to make a movie that's getting such a level of acclaim that it's opening more people up to being more open to watching movies with, with subtitles and, you know, kind of going on that journey and, and finding films from other places because you can find a lot of stuff that you like j just by watching subtitles and it's not like you said like it's a, a, one a inch yeah a one inch barrier yeah. that when you can get past it um but not enough can can be said about this cast and bong joon ho and and the story he made and and the script that he helped co-write and the direction of bong it's just so incredible and and it's doing so much with that, like some movies, it, it kind of feels like there's like genre switches and that kind of leads to like tonal inconsistency. But Bong is able to do it in a way that, that feels completely natural and, and perfect and kind of like throws you for a loop in some of the things he does with Parasite. Um, and so I, I think it's a sleeper for Best Picture. I It could cross the finish line, who knows? But um, I think that, that one thing a lot of people agree on that um, when they see Parasite is that it's a movie that we needed and I think it's a movie that's going to have a lot of relevance for a really long time. Every time Flynn talks about Parasite, I'm like, I need to watch Parasite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I know I needed to before, but, like, I really need to. But my number two it's pick, um, so narrowing it down is very difficult because I've had to omit films that I love. Yeah. I think that you guys might speak about. But my number two pick is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. So Tarantino's my dude. Like, <laughs> I, I fell in love with movies, partially watching his movies growing up, and, like, just this movie is my favorite of his. Like, yeah. for me, as somebody who wants to be a filmmaker, and, like, I had just been to Hollywood, L.A. for the first time in my life, then seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it reminded me of my trip to there. It was a love letter, love letter, well, I can't speak English, a love letter to, like, the golden age of Hollywood right. filmmaking, all that. And it was just dynamic chemistry between that cast. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just worked so well. And, like, I loved every second of that movie, and it didn't feel like three hours. Like, it was two hours and 50 minutes, and in the theater, I was like, it's over? Right yeah. now. Like, no, yeah. I want more. Yeah. Which he is releasing that four-hour cut, potentially. So, give me that. But 
that movie just like you can see how much passion Quentin has for Hollywood and for filmmaking right. through that movie. And I know he gets a lot of crap because he's kind of a weird dude, <laughs> but he really loves what he does. And this movie showcases that. And it's it's just something I find myself watching like all the time. Like I'm just like I'm bored. What am I gonna do? Oh, let me s- spend three hours watching this movie again because I've seen it so many times. <laughs> yeah. Like I just I love it so much. Yeah. I I'm I'm hardly the f- the first person to note this, but um the the sequence of all the neon lights coming on um is just like the perfect like this is this is what it's all about type moment for him and and i know that that was like a special moment for him to to make and kind of like do this recreation of that era of hollywood and like all those lights coming on Uh, it's it's so good yeah he he is quentin tarantino is really good at what he does (laughs) yeah and like his whole like like the main bread and butter of the movie is the TV scene, not the movies, which right. I thought was interesting choice for him as he's a filmmaker. But he grew up watching all of those shows. That's that's where he learned how to make movies was through those B list, C list shows that yeah. aired on the five channels that mm. you had. Yeah, and like or watching Japanese versions of those shows or movies, you know. And like you can see the influences he had. He got to recreate them. Yeah. I can't even imagine how much fun it was for him doing that, you know? Yeah. Cuz like Bounty Law may be a fictional show, but Quentin definitely watched the show just like Bounty Law yeah, every night. Yeah. And like I, I just love that so much. We're like it's probably a full circle mo- movie for him and yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think and you mentioned Tarantino like it, I think that really bleeds through in his filmmaking too. Like Leo was saying in interviews that Quentin would assign him shows similar to Bounty Law to watch, like, over a weekend. Right. And I think just Tarantino is the definition of a cinephile. There's nothing you can name that he hasn't seen. And I think that's really great, a great tool to have when you're a filmmaker. Yeah. You can have so many things to draw on. When you're giving your lead actors homework. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Um, my number one of the year has not changed, I don't think, since the last time we had okay. this discussion. Um, it's Ford v. Ferrari. I think, like, for me personally, when I when I think I'm ready to go to the movie theater, most of the time, the kind of movie I want to see is something that's going to entertain me, that is going to hit me emotionally, um, and then I'll come out saying, like, that was great. Like, yeah. that was... I think that's something that we all kind of want to see yeah. uh, in every experience that we, that we set out on in, in a movie theater. Um, but Ford v Ferrari, it's the most fun I had at the movie theater in 2019. Christian Bale, Matt Damon give great performances, which is you know nothing not to be expected from them, but still they deliver. Um, and Bale specifically, I I do think he was snubbed a little bit in the Best Actor nomination, the Oscars. Um, but even the supporting cast, Tracy Letts, who was great in Little Women, by the way, mm. um, John Bernthal in this movie. Uh, everyone is John Bernthal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone's just having so much fun too. That you can tell, and that bleeds through when you're watching the movie. You're having fun, and uh, it's a great underdog story. Uh, and you also like you don't think of the great American company Ford being the underdog in a film, right? And here we are rooting for them. Uh, so very interesting. And I think James Mangold is probably the safest bet, like as a director in Hollywood right now. Like when you when you're trying to get a movie made he's probably someone you can rely on to make it great and entertaining. Um, and I think it's worthy of that Best Picture nomination. It's not going to win, but um, for me personally, I was just, I was so entertained by it, um, and I, I loved it, and that's why it's number one for me. Yeah, it was nice. It, it feels like it kind of flew under the radar in yeah. the face of, of some of the other Best Picture nominees, but but I agree it's it's fun, and, you know, the, it, it's one of those movies where, like, 
like some people might just think it's a car movie and it's like well no, if you're into car movies like this is this is what they should be aiming for this is what you should aspire to be because it's so well done and, and like you said it's just fun it's a yeah. it's a really fun movie yeah. um Christian Bale is hilarious. It <laughs> you have to watch <laughs> At it. Times. I really need to watch um, it. As Ken Miles. So good. Yeah. Um, so I don't think my number one has changed either. It's The Lighthouse. And um, this is coming from somebody who's not the, the hugest fan of The Witch. So I didn't – and I know that's a shock because everybody loves The Witch. But I don't know. For me, <laughs> Don't it, Twitter. It, yeah. Attack. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get canceled for that. Um, Bye, Flynn. I'll miss you. So I didn't, I didn't know what to expect, but I, I was super excited for it. I, th- I thought the trailers looked really good, and and Robert Eggers did something so interesting with with the lighthouse. And and again, I feel like it really flew under the radar. Like that's typical of these independent movies. But usually, when you get like an Academy Award recognition, like it kind of puts it more in the lexicon. But the lighthouse only got cinematography, which I think is a shame because. Uh, I think Robert Pattinson gives the best performance of the year in it, um, and he's not nominated. I think Willem Dafoe can be argued as the best supporting uh, performance of the year, um, and he's not nominated either. Edgar's not nominated for director, which is fine, but, you know, it's it's really like a haunting movie, um, and it's it's just like a mesmerizing movie. Like, you don't... You, you're kind of watching it and like some parts are odd and it's but then it ends and you're just kind of like left with your thoughts about it and I just I did not stop thinking about the lighthouse for a long time after I went to watch it um, and I think that it, it works so well in black and white um, some of the sequences just so, showing like the ferocity of nature like the waves crashing on the island in front so well shot this this movie's gorgeous um, it still probably has the my favorite cinematography of the year. Uh, Roger Deakins is going to win that Oscar, and it's fine because what he does in 1917 can't be put Bonkers. into words. <laughs> Bonkers. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's I think it's a gorgeous movie. I think it's impeccably acted. Like it's absurd how good the performances are. Like it could it could be done as a play, and as long as the performances are still that good, it would work. I think the script is really great. Um, it's really darkly funny at times. Uh, it's just a, it's a really phenomenal movie that I, I think more people would like if they if they gave it a shot. And I wish it kind of was a little bit bigger than it was because I, I really adored it. So my number one has been said. <laughs> uh, so Little Woman is my favorite mm. of the year. Uh, I think you both said a lot of great things about it that I completely agree on. But my biggest thing is that when I looked at every single movie I've seen this year, like comparing like my theater experience, like how I've liked it past, like I, right. like growing on me, whatever. I just absolutely loved it from the first second it started playing to the credits to now. It just it stuck with me, and like in a in a time period where we're in like a lot of negativity in the world, like there's a lot of bad things going on, like and a lot of movies do say things about those right. bad things. Little Women is just a delightful movie. Yeah. It's like, it's the true escape. Like, yeah. out of all the movies I've seen this year, it made me feel like I didn't have to worry about anything for two hours <laughs> the most. And, like, that's why I love movies so much is that it has the power to do that. And, like, from the scene where, like, Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan were, like, dancing and that score hits, like, and they were just being themselves, like, super, like, it, it takes place in a time period where none of us, like, our parents or grandparents didn't even touch that time period. 
but it feels so real and yeah. so like that could happen to us yes. now yeah, yeah. just in just in modern times but like right. the, the stories and what's happening feels so applicable and it just it's such a great movie like i don't know how you can watch it and not like it like it there's something for everyone there yeah. and like all the performances like everybody is such a big name in their own right and they all mold into these characters in this world that just works so good. Yeah. yeah. And like Bob Odenkirk is like only in like the latter half. <laughs> My of Little the movie. Women. <laughs> exactly. The line, you know, the ah. But that movie just works so well for me. And I feel like it might like last for a long time. And it's still one of my favorite movies. And, you know, Greta Gerwig should win Best Director. But Academy, you messed up. Yep. This is a subtweet at you. <laughs> yeah, that that movie is euphoric. There were so many phenomenal movies this year. I love yeah. this movie. Thank um, you, 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 2019 was a great year for movies. And if you're looking for something to watch this weekend, you could take a look at any one of the movies that we just mentioned. Mm. But some other things that were not on our list, um, I would recommend like Jojo Rabbit. Knives Out. Booksmart, Knives Out. Mm. Uncut uh, Gems. 1917. Uncut Gems. Uncut yeah. Gems is really good. It was hard to leave 1917 off the top three. It yeah. It really was. Because I just saw that, so like I'm really in my honeymoon phase with that movie. <laughs> um, if, if you just watched Marriage Story or Star Wars and want more Adam Driver, uh, The Report, the Report. Is, is on Amazon Prime. It's fantastic. And so many of these movies now are like available to stream, yeah. you know, or they were an Amazon original mm -hmm. or a yeah. Netflix original. So, or definitely. watch Beautiful yeah. Day in the Neighborhood. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You, you can find my top twelve on my letterbox <laughs> or my Twitter. Link in the at, description below. Yeah. At Flynn Altamar. Um, if you're curious on some of the other movies I really like this year, we just mentioned a ton of them. Yeah, there's um, so many good ones. So many good ones. Yeah, The Farewell, directed by Lulu yeah. Wang, starring Aquafina. Anyway. So many good movies this year. Yeah, great year for movies. Um, that wraps up our episode on our favorite movies of 2019. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. I'm Gianni. I'm Flynn. I'm Luke. And we'll see you next time.